0: Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. We are continuing our series tonight, Who We Are. And um, before I get into that, I did want to touch on one thing real quick. So next week, next week when we do a worship night, uh, it's kind of Mallory and I's fault on um, not telling Mare or filling her in, but we're actually doing 7.30 p.m. So we're pushing it a little later just so we can we can better prepare for the night. So I'm really believing, I love that Mare was talking about how significant it will be, because it will be. I think there's something to be said when we make it a con- conscious choice, regardless of the busyness of studying and everything, if you're a student in this place right now, to just choose to show up, anyways, and like, okay, cool. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be uh, determined. I'm gonna study ahead of time, and then Tuesday night, that's gonna be my night to rest, like we were just talking about, in the presence of the Lord. And it's important. So um, that would be my encouragement for you guys to so really just choose to show up, um, despite all of the you know potential stress you might feel. Just show up anyways and be refreshed in his presence. It's going to be a good time. So um, I'm really excited for that. But uh, so going back to what I was saying earlier, we're in the series, Who We Are. And really this series is DNA of what the exchange is all about, the culture that we have at the exchange, but also the culture of our church. And I'm really excited to go a little deeper and to talk about more of our culture tonight. And um, does anyone have their Bibles with them tonight? Anybody? Amazing. There's three people that have their Bibles. That's good. Okay, cool. Well, if you have your Bibles tonight, whether it's paperback or your phone, turn with me to Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. And as you're finding your place, um, this is Jesus talking. He's speaking. He just finished talking about Humility. And now he is in conversation with a man, and this man is hearing Jesus speak, and he talks about the fact on how amazing it would be to attend a dinner party in the kingdom of heaven. And this man, he's like, oh, how amazing would that be to Jesus, having a feast in the kingdom of God. And then Jesus begins to tell this parable, this parable. So we're going to read this together, uh, Luke 14, starting in... Verse 15. I have my study Bible tonight, so it's a little thicker, you know what I'm saying? Got some more knowledge. It's kind of heavy, but it's all right. Uh, Verse 15. Hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, what a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied with a story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come to the banquet. Come to the banquet is ready. Come, the banquet is ready. Sorry. <laughs> Verse 18. But they all began making excuses. One said, I have just bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. Verse 19. Another said, I have just bought five pairs of, uh, pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I, now, I love this one. I now have a wife, so I can't come. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't get it. Verse 21, the servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported there is still room for more. Verse 23, so his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. For none of those I first invited will get get even the smallest taste of my banquet. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for the power of your word tonight, Lord. And I pray that your voice would speak the loudest Through this message, Jesus, I pray that you would help us to better apply this to our lives, God. And Jesus, I pray most of all that you would encourage us during this time, Lord, and bless your people. And we thank you ahead of time for what you're going to do. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. Well, a lot of you were here last week and we we spoke, um, or I spoke on the passage of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and talked about how it's important to remember that you're never alone in the fire. And not only that, but this importance of community. We have to remember that those three men, they had each other and they had a strong bond. They had a strong friendship. And there's something significant about having strong relationships with other people. You're not meant to do life alone. But tonight... I want to speak um, a message and preach a message entitled, A Seat at the Table. A Seat at the Table. So, I was with my friends in Jacksonville a few, few weeks ago, and we were, we were at this really good um, pizzeria, and we were, we, were getting, we were waiting for our pizza, and we had this waitress come up to us. She was really young. She was probably in high school and as soon as she started coming around checking in like hey can I can I refill your drinks or anything like what do you guys want all this stuff I immediately felt like god was pulling my heart to encourage her and i i know a lot of us have had that feeling before and you're just kind of like, oh my gosh, my heart's beating out of my chest. Like, what am I supposed to say to this person? But I really honestly felt like God was speaking to me to encourage this this young girl. And I was just like, I don't I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I'm, I'm like really scared right now. And how many of you can relate to that where you're like, oh, I really feel like God is speaking to me to encourage someone, but I just, I don't know how they're going to react. I don't know what they're going to say. And you almost kind of second guess yourself a bit, a little bit. Um, and I, I was sitting there at the picnic table. Um, they had like picnic tables in the, in the restaurant and I was just sitting there and the whole, the whole dinner, I was just distracted. Like, oh gosh, like I got to pick a moment. Like, when can I talk to her? Like all my friends are like, Hey man, like, are you here? Like, what's going on? I'm trying to talk to you. You're not saying anything. You're just silent. You're shaking. Why are you shaking? I'm just like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. And, um, I was just sitting there like, okay, cool. Like, what do you want me to say, God? And he just spoke and just said, just remind her that I love her a lot and I desire a relationship with, with her. And I'm like, I don't know if she's a Christian, but I don't know if that's going to make sense, but okay, cool. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm just going to do it. And at the very last second, when she came around and gave us the receipt and all that, or she just came around and checked on us, and we were getting ready to leave, and she, um, she was like picking up dishes or something and said, hey, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to go for it. Hey, I don't know if this makes sense to you or not, but I just want to let you know that there is a God in heaven that actually loves you so much, and wants to be in relationship with you. And she kind of gave me a blank f- stare at first, and then she said what religion do you believe in? I said, I'm, well, I believe in Jesus and believe in Christianity. And then it's almost as if she just, like, opened up and was like, well, to be honest, like, I, I used to go to church a lot. I just haven't been lately. And, you know, my father doesn't go. She just started opening up to me, talked about her family and how there's been kind of some tension there. Well, Some family members don't go to church, therefore she doesn't have motivation really to go because she doesn't want to go by herself. And I said, well, hey, I I really think that there's there's strength and power in you actually being the only one in your family to encourage everyone else to go. I think you could be an encouragement for your dad because she was talking about her dad, how he hadn't been to church really. I said, well, he's going to see you going consistently every Sunday And it's going to affect him. And he's going to express an interest after a while. But you got to keep going. And God wants to be in relationship with you. And I believe that God is going to reveal himself to your dad. So we just had this conversation and this dialogue. And I was just like, is this actually happening? Because I almost didn't say anything. But I want to encourage everyone in this place right now that the people that we come in contact with on a day-to-day basis... They have a seat at the table right. in the kingdom of God. But if we're not the people to spread the gospel, who's, who's going to do it? Yeah. We have to be the ones to, to let them know, there's a seat at the table for you. There's a seat for you. And it was interesting, when we go back to this passage that we were reading, Jesus tells this man, or the man, the, sorry, the servant, to go out and invite the guests but the guests, they made sorry excuses, right? It's so interesting to me. I was just, like, shocked. Why would you, uh, why would you buy a field without inspecting it first? Like, he was like, oh, I bought a field. I have to go and in- inspect it. You do that before you buy it. That makes no sense. And then you see the, the other man. It's the same thing with the oxen. Why would you, why would you like, buy the oxen and then see if they actually can plow the land. You, you kind of want to see them in action first before you buy them, right? And then the third person, the third person, this guy, I don't understand what his deal is. I'm praying for him. I hope his marriage is healthy. Um, but he's like, I'm married now. I can't come. Sorry. <laughs> it's just like, what? That doesn't make sense because a young couple, why wouldn't they want to go to a party? You know what I mean? Newlyweds are excited. Like, why wouldn't you want to go to a dinner party if you're, if you're a young couple? So it just all three of their excuses were not legit by any means. It just makes no sense. But I think um, in life, we need to remember to never, like, make excuses, I think, to, to miss out on what God's doing. We've got to remember that God is inviting us to be a part of what he's doing. So let's not miss out. Let's not make excuses. We've been invited to the party. Let's not miss out. But tonight I want to I touch on a few points. So if you're taking notes, you can write these down. And if you're not taking notes, you can still write them down. Um, and point one tonight is the gospel is inclusive. The gospel is inclusive. I want to say that off the top. The you have a seat at the table. Everyone does. Everyone does. No one's excluded. The invitation has been sent out to everyone. We, we have the opportunity to send out those invitations. But it's, it's our choice at the end of the day if we're going to attend or not, or accept the invitation. And I love, if we go back to this passage in verse 21 and read this a little bit, look back on what it says. The, the servant returned and told his master... What well, they had said, his master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Amazing. Verse 22, after the, the servant had done this, he reported, there is still room for more. So his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so this, so that the house will be full. For, now, for none of those I first invited will even get the smallest taste of my banquet. I love that the man ordered for his servants to find all of the disenfranchised, the people, the, the misfits, the outsiders of the Israelite community. Then when he realizes that there's space available still, he calls his servant to go to the highways and the hedges who in this parable would be referenced as the Gentiles, the people that were not Jewish. There's a seat for everyone. Found out, they found out in the streets so that they went out to the streets in order for the banquet to be filled. How generous of God. How generous. He does not let up until the whole banquet is full. Not half full, but completely full. This supports one of the most quoted Bible verses in the Bible. Listen to John 3.16. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, and listen to this, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That is good news tonight. But whoever, it's for whosoever will, not some, not just a portion. That's good news tonight. And it's available for everyone. Every tribe, every tongue on earth. Doesn't matter what diversity you are. All are welcome in the kingdom of God. We have to remember that. And there's power in knowing that. And we have to be generous with our invitation. I think sometimes when, I think of like when you go to a concert and you see that sign and it reads limited seating only, like that's, that sign would never be in the kingdom of God there's always more than enough seating. There's always more than enough. The gospel is inclusive. So the gospel is inclusive, but also tonight, if you're taking notes, we need to share the invite with others. We need to share it with others. Let me say that God is the ultimate banquet holder. In this story, it's God. In this parable, the banquet holder, that is God. But his children, us we have the opportunity to invite others. We're the servants in this story going out and extending invitations. That is one of the most important parts. We have to be letting people know, regardless of whatever distorted view of Christianity they might have seen, maybe on the streets or on the news, we have the opportunity to let them know that This message isn't fire and brimstone. It is actually about unconditional love. Like, there is a God in heaven that is madly in love with you. He's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. Pastor Matt said it so well um, this past weekend. He, He touched on a great point. If God wanted to condemn the world, he would have sent a condemner. But instead, he sent a savior because we needed saving. Anybody believe that in this place? This world needs to know that there is a Savior. But who will tell them if not you and I? We, we have to be preaching these from the rooftops, preaching this good news. We have to tell people about it. I think of Matthew 28, starting in verse 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This scripture tells us that sharing our faith with others is actually a command, not a suggestion. It's actually a command. So we have, it's it's on us. Is it all right if I go pastoral for a moment? It's It's actually on us. So. There really isn't anything to lose when you share. What do they say? Well, like what's the worst that could happen? They say no. Okay, cool. You pray for them and then you know find another opportunity. Maybe just invite them to something else at church. Maybe it's grill and chill, where it's not like as invasive. Maybe it's like okay, well we grill and you could have free food, so come to grill and chill. You know whatever whatever outlet you can you can use to lead them to God. I think that's the best thing possible to do is we have to be sharing the gospel with people. And it's so, it's so important. This is part of our Christian calling as a follower of Jesus before disciples are developed and before new believers are baptized, they have to first hear the word of God. They have to hear it. And we need to share it with others. All that God has done for humanity I found one statistic from an author. This is Dr. Rayner, and he wrote a book called The Unchurched Next Door. And he quoted something on the importance of sharing an invite, an invitation. It says 82% of the unchurched are at least somewhat likely to attend church if invited. It's actually insane. If they're invited. The the most important word in there is if. If they're invited. We have to we have to share an invite. And just to just to talk about the culture of the exchange, just for a moment, and some practical ways in regards to being a light. Here at the exchange, we know there is power in an invitation. Some of you guys have heard me say that before. There is actually so much power because with an invitation there's an opportunity for someone's life to be changed forever. By just extending an invitation so whether you're here at the exchange or on a Sunday, because of the presence of God because the presence of God is living and moving and the best way to hear the word of God is in his house. So we just have to extend an invite to church. Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe they, they kind of have a negative view of the, the church, and maybe you could just invite them to a hangout that is actually a Bible study, <laughs> whatever it is, or just invite them over for dinner and just hang out with them, talk with them. The pressure's off because Jesus is with you. He's going to give you the words to speak to them. I was telling a friend the other day, it's, it's hard for people to debate against your story and how God changed your life. It might be real, it might not be real to them, but it was real to you. So when you communicate that, no matter what, it, it shifts something in their heart. Maybe not right away, but over time, they'll begin to think about your story and, and to see your life actually change before their eyes and it shifts something, maybe very slightly, but it shifts something in their heart. And it's hard for someone to debate against your story, what's real to you, how God actually moved in your life. If anything, it's encouraging. So, there's power in invitation. I think also tonight, it's important to know that another way that we, we be a light to our friends is to simply live your life in a way that honors God. So, People are watching even when you don't think they're watching. Even when they don't think you're watching. People are always watching. So, what are you choosing to do with that responsibility? Do you want to represent Jesus? Well, I don't ever want to misrepresent Christ to other people that don't know Him. It's important for us to remember that we're a light. We live our life out over time people will be changed because of that. They'll see. They'll see the light in you. They'll notice that there's something different about you and they'll become curious. But it takes walking it out. Continue to, to walk it out. I think it's really important as well tonight that, to remember to be a good influence but not be the one influenced. So be be a good influence instead of being influenced by the people you're trying to influence. If you don't feel like you're strong enough to to be in that environment to witness to them, then maybe you should step back. Maybe you should just invite one of them in that group to go to lunch. Remove them from their environment and hang out with them. But be a good influence to them, not the other way around. Show them that there's a better way. We say that a lot of the exchanges as well. There's a better way, and it's Jesus. There's a better way to, to live your life in alignment with, with God's will for your life and in relationship with Him. And I, I know many of you know this in this place, but you can have a personal relationship with Jesus. A lot of people are kind of surprised by that reality, especially the unchurched. You can have a personal relationship with Jesus, and it will change your life forever. And lastly, remember to, to pray for people that are in your world that don't know God. Remember to pray for them. Pray for God to position yourself around more non-believers so you can, you can be a light. If you have trouble thinking of someone to witness to, talk to God and ask Him. He'll open up your eyes because this news is inclusive. The gospel is inclusive. It's for whosoever will. So tonight, I, I want to finish with this thought. If we take a moment, and it's amazing that there's been a lot of renovations done in this room. There's been painting, it looks great. But if we look out in this room, there's lots, there's lots of space. There's still empty space for more chairs. So if you were to be inspired to realize the urgency of spreading the gospel think about the empty seats think about the empty space that could be filled with seats because each seat represents a life each seat represents a life and those lives can be changed if they're here but be bold and courageous with just an invite. If they say no, that's okay. If it's a little awkward, that's okay. At least you you stepped out in faith and and you encouraged them and let them know that there was actually a God that loves them. But we have to we have to step out in faith and rely on God's strength and just have a courage to speak to others. Because there's a seat at the table for everyone. It doesn't matter if they're well polished visually or they're out living on the streets, like, this gospel's for everyone. So I'd love for us to just stand together. We're gonna pray and then go into worship for a little longer. Pray, Jesus, we just thank you for tonight, God, and I pray that you would rise up a boldness and confidence in every single person in this room to spread the good news to others, to, to let other people know about your love for them, God. And I just pray that you would Continue to do that, Lord, that you would continue to encourage people in this room that there would be divine appointments made, God, for these people to reach others in our city that don't know about you. Help us to remember our responsibility as Christians, as believers of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that your love washes away every sin Lord that that it's, it's your love that we can lean on no matter what season of life we're in God we thank you and we give you our whole heart tonight we sign up for a lifelong time of saying yes to you Love you, Jesus. Well, we hope you got something out of that message. We would really love to connect with you. Why not join us at church on Sundays or connect with us at colonialchurch.life? We would also love it if you could hit the subscribe button, maybe leave a comment for us or a review to really help us move the ministry of Colonial forward. In Jesus' name, God bless you.